0: And it's called ADHD Wise Squirrels. And you can find it at wisequirrels.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search ADHD Wise Squirrels. Pop over and have a listen. Let me know
1: what you think. Thanks. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash MPN to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply.
2: The industry needs to have financial professionals who actually understand it because it's actually very complex. Uh, the way the way the music industry works is it's a, I, would, I would say it's extremely complex.
1: Nice, nice, nice,
0: nice, 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 with Dave Delaney. Welcome to the Nice Podcast, all about communication, collaboration, and becoming better leaders. I'm your host, Dave Delaney from futureforth.com, where we help you retain talent and improve culture and communication so you have happier. More connected teams today. I am speaking with Andrew Kentz, Executive Vice President of the Music Industry Group and Private Client Services at First Horizon Bank. Andrew, welcome to Nice.
2: Thank you. That's a uh, quite a mouth mouthful as far as an <laughs> intro. Uh, lots lots to talk about there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited to to have you on the show. Now, my first question is always Thanks. the same question, which is, what's the nicest thing? someone has done for you recently
2: oh my gosh my wife this morning basically took care of the basically the children getting them to the two separate schools and so i could be um actually at an appointment on time um that was at my church and so uh super helpful that's that came to mind first
0: yeah, it's amazing actually how often it's our spouse that is the mm. uh the nicest person. It's uh it's pretty <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense cuz you know, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for mine. Like literally, mm. I wouldn't even be I wouldn't be sitting in Nashville. Uh that's for wow. sure. Um so yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Let's let's get started actually. Let's talk about some of the work that you do at, at First Horizon Bank. So you, you you know, as I mentioned in the intro, you're the executive VP of of music of the music industry group, and we're in Nashville, mm-hmm. which is really the holy land for that. And then also private client services. So maybe we could talk a little bit first about uh, the music industry group. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Absolutely, um, and I've been a music industry banker uh, since 2009. So this summer it'll be 14 years yeah, that wow. I've been um, in music industry finance and. Uh, it really is a a deep love and passion of mine. Um, The business is so much fun, especially if you love music, uh, but you're just consuming it, following it, uh, seeing live music. And it's also a lot of fun just because it is um, a national business. Uh, Mm -hmm. The majority of our clients are not here in Nashville. Um, About 25% of our clients are here um, and the rest of our clients are um, spread out across the country with some concentrations in Los Angeles and New York.
0: So what does it entail? So are, are you typically uh, helping with provide financial services to artists or are you,
2: or. To, oh my gosh, it's a full, it's yeah. a full, I, I call it a full uh, bank within a bank hmm. only for music industry, corporations, um, businesses, individuals that are all in the music industry. That is, that's the one common denominator, but it is it is both to um, large music companies. Those would be like record labels or music publishers, or artist management firms, or business management firms, uh, agencies, uh, live music companies, festivals, venues. All of those um, companies and corporations uh, that work uh, in the industry, and then it's, it is also the individuals, which includes artists, includes songwriters, includes even heirs. You know, if um, basically copyright holders, a lot of times. Um, folks inherit song catalogs, and they want to use those catalogs to uh, to finance their own projects. Mm. And so it is, it's both individuals and companies. I call it a bank within a bank because most banks, um, well, you know, they'll segment. They'll say, this group banks corporations, this bank you know, banks, medium sized businesses, this bank, banks, small businesses, this bank, banks, wealthy individuals, this bank, you know, this part of the bank banks, you know, the, you know, the kind of up and coming individuals for us, it, it actually doesn't matter. All that really matters is, are you a person in the music industry or are you a company in the music industry? Um, and if so, we generally can provide Yes, financial services. It's a lot of, you know, the, the loans and deposits, the typical things a bank does. But I would say they get specialized to music because very often they're secured by music copyright. Uh, they're secured by songs, song catalogs, rights to the royalty streams that are coming off of songs, um, which, again, the, the average average banker is not going to understand Uh, the way that cash flows within the music industry and understand the laws that regulate, you know, the royalties and what needs to be paid to a copyright owner.
0: And how how, this is a division that you created, right?
2: It is. Yeah. So it, um, in 2016, um, I came to what was then called first Tennessee bank. Uh, We changed our name along the way to first horizon as we expanded well outside the state of Tennessee. And yes, it was, um, it was basically an opportunity to start um, something uh, fresh for the bank. The, the bank didn't have a, a music industry um, presence. Uh, they have, you know, they had a couple of clients in the music industry in Nashville, but no dedicated division to the group. And so um, it was fun. We um, we started the division um, from scratch in 2016. So we've been at it for almost seven years now, and uh, it's been a whole lot of fun, just from you know winning our very first first you know client relationship to uh, really growing into a much more substantial business over this time period.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And and, and so for you personally, I guess this did are you a musician yourself or did are just a fan or tell Oh my me gosh,
2: that? I can I can strum I can strum chords. I've always been a singer. Um mm. I I've, I've really sung my entire life uh, oftentimes in organized groups. Oh wow. Um and I love to sing and we've uh, we've got a I've got one of one of the bankers that I work with here in our music industry group. You know, we've we, we've enrolled in battles of the bands and and uh, <laughs> you know gotten up there and we've we've had had some pretty good showings. I mean, it's hard to compete in Nashville. There's there's a lot of talent. Uh, even you know, folks sitting in the law firms and the accounting firms and the banks still have a lot of great great talent yeah. um, because it's Nashville. So and so true. yeah, so I um yeah, but yeah, I love to sing. So my, so my voice is my instrument. Um, but I can I can strum some chords on a piano and a guitar to try to accompany my voice.
0: Yeah, you know, when I moved to Nashville in 07, uh, I was working with uh, Emma the uh, uh, email marketing company of here course. in town. Yeah, and I know
2: the guys. I know those guys. I've oh yeah,
0: it. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Clint Smith. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a great guy. And we, so when I was working there, they decided it would be fun to rent out. Uh, at the time, it was called the basement old venue, mm-hmm. um, which apparently mm-hmm. is still around. I just learned
2: on Eighth Avenue. Yeah, it's a it's a great venue. Yeah, it's cool. they rented out the whole thing. Yeah, it truly is in the basement of of that uh, record store. Yeah. Keep going. Keep
0: it used going. to be grimies there. Yeah. I didn't That's realize right. that the, I didn't realize I just heard about this the other night that somebody was going to a show there and I'm like, I thought that close. Like I know there's a basement in East Nashville um, <laughs> for our listeners. We're getting into Nashville uh, geekery here. So I apologize. But, <laughs> um, but the basement is this cool, dark kind of small little venue. And we rented it out and had like a, like you're saying, like a battle of the bands uh, now, at the time, there was maybe 30 of us, 40 of us working in this little house uh, in Hillsborough Village here in Nashville uh, for this email company. And so I was going to do something silly. I, I don't really play anything, uh, a few chords. So that's about it. So I was going to do some sort of silly karaoke thing or something. And huh. But what happened was I realized, like, oh, my God, like everybody I work with is a gifted person musician (laughs) like it's not a joke like it was totally Uh -uh. like and not just country music as one would expect out of Nashville there was there's rap and punk and blues and folk and and country of course so it was like but it was such a shock to me I, I mean not a surprise I guess but but I realized like oh yeah like LA with actors I guess right
2: It's like that. It's like, you know, everyone that's serving you at at your table is is probably about to be in a big show on Netflix. You know, it's (laughs) it's in L.A. here, so they're about to get an incredible, you know, cut on on, uh, Pandora or Spotify. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah,
0: it's cool. <laughs> yeah my daughter was just in new york uh for her uh she's in the choir at school and they did a a trip to new york and they went to one of the restaurants where all the servers sing to you and and uh and but they're all like you know aspiring broadway performers who are like incredibly talented and they're serving tables doing their thing so uh <laughs> hoping to be discovered so yeah yeah it's an interesting Very interesting cool. world here um,
2: it is. It is. So I, so I love that business, and it's been yeah. it's been a whole lot of fun building it. The clientele are just so interesting and mm. creative. I mean, even those that are running, you know, pretty large corporations called a large record label or a or a large music publisher. The companies um, also have this creative element we're talking about. I know we've been talking about Nashville, but if you work with a uh, the say the CEO and CFO and C suite at a record label working on financing their growth as a company, mm. you're generally going to be interacting with people that also absolutely love the music industry. And they got into it for the heart, they didn't get into it for the money, they right. didn't get into it because it was, you know, this crazy intellectual problem, they got into it because they absolutely love music. And, and that's kind of the way that the firms work. I mean, including um, my my group here at First Horizon, but it also includes our friends in the, and um, the other banks that dedicate um to to this space it's just everyone absolutely loves being part of the music industry because you're essentially you know helping music proliferate help it get created help it get proliferate proliferated help it be invested in um and that is uh, a that that feels good i mean most people feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves which really helps honestly the culture um of the team people are all i mean honestly working harder and being even more productive because they care so much
0: and as far as like the, the chocolate and peanut butter as it pertains to your career, um, obviously, you know, moving into this and creating this music division makes so much sense. And obviously, as a, as a singer and a, and a fan yourself, um, your your history uh, is in banking, right? Like way back to 2000. Yes, I, mean, 1998.
2: I was 21. Yeah, when I was 21 years old, I was uh, I was hired by SunTrust Bank in Atlanta. And it was their it was their classic training program as their corporate commercial banking training program, where they essentially taught taught you as a you know, as a fresh out of undergrad. Um, you know, in the time young man, I, mm. they taught me how to evaluate risk and understand the risk that a company bears and how a bank uh, can help a company grow, and how to evaluate a, a loan opportunity for a bank and how to understand uh, the way a bank can help facilitate payments for a company as they're you know trying to pay their vendors and trying to pay their employees and all those things. So you really learn how how to um, how to become the banker for uh, for a company. At the time I was in Atlanta and it was all for um, uh, Georgia-based companies. We got a little outside of the city. It, it was a great training ground. In fact, I really appreciate you know, the bankers that that have some background in business commercial or corporate lending, Uh, the majority of my music industry team has that they were generalists in commercial banking, which I think is actually really unique to us. You know, we have all these, uh, you know, there are a number of banks that specialize um, in this business, uh, six or seven in the country. And really, our flavor is, hey, we're kind of commercial forward. Um, I think we have a lot of lot to offer um a a music corporation now we bank the individuals too, but some other groups um will are are more uh private banking forward they want to bank the individual artist uh the individual that's you know being been really successful in music uh where with us we tend to start with companies and then move toward of their uh, the individuals who are in the company, or the stakeholders, or the artists that are signed to uh, the label or to the publisher, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the way we go about it. But so, long story short, I love the skill set that comes from a great uh, a commercial banker, someone that's trained in how to evaluate risk for a company. Um, that's that's wildly valuable, and it's it tends to be you know what our music team here is made up of.
0: I find it it's it's what is it about employee retention now i, I only have a couple case studies yourself and dave briggs who was on a previous episode here um but what is it with uh professionals in the banking sector and the retention that takes place in these positions or at least working for these companies like i see like you've worked you worked for SunTrust for like almost 18 years and then you've been with uh first horizon for nearly seven years uh so can you speak to that? What, what is it? Is it about uh, promoting from within? Is it about perks that are involved? Uh, you know, things like that. Like what, what is it about the banking industry that uh, seems to have a pretty high retention rate?
2: Um, parts of, of any bank, you know, ha- have lines of business where the retention is really high. Mm-hmm. And then they have other lines of business where it might be a little lower. And, and I think the specialty divisions tend to have very high retention rates. Um, hmm. This is across all of banking, not not only at First Horizon. Uh, as I've noticed, um, it's I think it's because people get to really dedicate themselves and really embed themselves in an industry. If, if you asked anybody on my music industry team, you know, hey, you met them in an elevator and you said, oh, "What industry are you?" and they would say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm in the music industry," hmm. and then they would say, well, "What do you do in the music industry?" You would say, "Oh, well, I I provide financing to." companies and individuals and, and other financial services um, to companies and individuals who are in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And so it digs in everybody. And, and that that's different. That's different than saying I'm a banker. That's different than saying, you know, I'm in banking. Nobody that works um, on that team for me would ever say that they, they really say no, no, we, we we provide a really specialized service to an industry that is deeply needed. I feel like the, the, the industry needs to have financial professionals who actually understand it because it's actually very complex. Uh, the way, the way the music industry works is it's a, I would, I would say it's extremely complex.
0: What are some of the, some of the most thing, most complex aspects of the music industry?
2: Um, well t- take this, if a song that's created by an American songwriter that is owned by an American publisher, hmm if that song is played in Sydney, Australia, or Tokyo, Japan, or Cape Town, South Africa, or Cairo, Egypt, name wherever it's played, there the copyright owner and the songwriter are entitled to a royalty. And so if you take that one little micro, it's going to be a micro, micro penny for that one play, hmm. but think about monitoring that, understand, understanding it, and think about having to collect those royalties and then get those royalties distributed under, you know, US copyright law, that that ended up itself as one extremely small single thing that, that, that now multiply that by billions,
0: mm-hmm.
2: billions of songs being consumed, billions of plays every day, tons of it American music. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you've got this you know, it's a. It becomes a pretty complicated math equation if you're going to try to model something like this out yeah. in Excel. It'd be crazy, and and it really requires intermediaries. And so, you know, if you are an, let's say, you're, um, you know, you're Jason Isbell, an incredible artist and mm-hmm. singer and songwriter. If you're Isbell, he cannot go represent himself and go collect royalties from. You know some place in europe you have to have an intermediary you have to have someone that is out there collecting basically monitoring the consumption of music worldwide and collecting royalties on your behalf and distributing them to you um and your and your publisher Um, and that's just on the that's on the uh, basically what i call the composition piece that's the publishing asset you've got a similar thing going on yet another complexity with the master recording which is a second copyright. So, you know, anytime you listen to a song, you're you're consuming two copyrights. And so if you listen to All Along the Watchtower by U2 on its rattle and hum album, you're actually consuming a song written by Bob Dylan in the nineteen sixties hmm. that has a master recording that's by U2 in the nineteen nineties. And so at that moment, everybody needs to get paid a royalty. It's just a different kind of royalty. And so Bob Dylan and Bob Dylan's publisher needs to get paid for that play. And then on the label side, um, there's also royalties that are attached to the master recording. And so, you know, U2's record label, I think was Island at the time, uh, and as well as, uh, you know, the U2 themselves need to get an artist royalty. So that's one song, one play, and four people need to get paid. I didn't even mention the producer of that there's producer mm-hmm. royalties again so all of a sudden you get very complex and that is for one song and now think about now catalogs of thousands of songs
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: mon- and and taking that as collateral and understanding their cash flow it gets it just gets very very complex very quickly and you know trying to understand it um and i, I spent a lot of time trying to explain it as well Um, A lot of people try to compare it to commercial real estate um, because it's similar. I mean, it's an asset. It's got cash flow, Mm. um, commercial real estate from its leases. But it would be more like if you had a building that had, let's just say it's a huge catalog that has 10,000 tenants and (laughs) 10,000 leases, and the building itself can be broken up into its constituent parts. Literally, you could sell half of one room for its value, for its actual value, not discounted value, because you can just say, okay, I own, you know, I'm, I'm entitled to one half of the royalties from that one song. And so at at the end of the day, I mean, to me, it's actually a far better asset. It's, it's one of the most recession proof assets I've ever worked with in banking, because I used to work in the generalized side of banking, I've taken a lot of a lot of different assets as collateral. But the uh, the song catalog, Is It's fantastic collateral because it it generates cash flow regardless of who owns it. I was going
0: to ask you, well, I was going to, so two questions about this, or I guess a question and a point. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show.
2: The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week, I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other.
0: Wow. And where can people subscribe?
2: Go to theartofswaypodcast.com find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for the art of sway wherever you get your podcast
0: you heard her go subscribe the yeah first of all the the point is, uh, Jimi Hendrix perfected that song. So I'll just go ahead and say that.
2: Uh, well, uh, said. <laughs> you know, we'll that's my favorite version of that song. I also like Neil Young's version. Yes. I really like Dave Matthews version of that yeah. song. Um, but I agree that Jimi Hendrix Jimi Hendrix's is by far the most popular version of that song. Correct?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I'm a diehard yeah. Neil Young fan, so. But I digress. Diehard, big time. But anyway, I've seen, um, I've
2: seen him live. Oh me too. What an incredible venue. Six
0: said. row six row almost in the center at the Ryman and he played solo.
2: Whoa. Whoa.
0: And so oh it was just him God. on stage. On the organ, then he'd go to this piano, then he'd pick up an electric guitar, then he'd pick up an acoustic, and then he was just going back and forth, picking up instruments and playing, and it was like, it was religious. In fact, just explaining it right now, I'm getting chill bumps.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm not trying to one-up you, but I just got to tell you this. Okay, the week yeah. Of my ni- my, the week of my 19th birthday, mm. Salzburg, Austria, Neil Young, fronting Pearl Jam. Eddie Vedder's not there. And Pearl Jam and Neil Young are playing together on the old square outdoors in Salzburg, Austria.
0: Wow. That
2: same week I was going from 18 years old to 19 years old, and it was... Awesome. I can imagine.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. His new stuff. Yeah, he's playing with a band beyond, I mean, he's playing with Crazy Horse still, but he's also playing with uh, Willie Nelson's kids uh, in uh, Promise of the New, their band. Lucas?
2: Lucas Nelson? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Lucas is awesome. I like Lucas' solo stuff a lot. Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. Um, Okay, geeking out on the Neil Young. Um, So, my my question was so, do you work in tandem or? with a law firm because i would imagine you'd need to like in order you need to release the lawyers lawyers in order to yeah in order to to manage those funds that are being either paid or recuperated or what have you
2: we are we we are we need we need lawyers that represent the bank on our uh, catalog secured transactions Mm. to essentially um, basically perfect our lien on a music catalog like we file a UCC lien in in the courthouse, wherever we're um you know wherever the the owner of the catalog is based, our borrower. Um, and so yeah, we have, but they have attorneys too. But they have attorneys that are representing their interests um, as we're kind of redlining and working through our loan agreements to decide what rights the borrower has, what rights we as the lender have. Um, you know what, what would happen. And and I could say this: I've never foreclosed on a catalog in my 14 years of lending money secured by catalogs, um, mm-hmm. nor have I ever, you know, had to foreclose on essentially what I'd call a, I guess, songwriter royalty stream, you know, we do a lot of songwriter royalty loans, where we're not actually taking an asset as collateral, we're just taking an assignment of cash flow. Mm-hmm. And in that, those have all worked out really well, too. So I mean, at the end of the day, even with all the lawyers that that go to you know, represent represent our rights and then the lawyers on the other side that represent um the uh, catalog owners rights. Um you know, we still uh, every, all the deals have worked out really well thus far.
0: Who is someone that was especially nice to you in your career?
2: Oh my gosh, uh there were when I first arrived in Nashville, I I came to an office that had this incredible leader. Uh this uh his name was Brian Williams he worked for third national and then he worked for um, this, uh, the predecessor firm SunTrust SunTrust acquired third national. And so he would be considered one of the pioneers in music industry banking, Hmm. uh, beloved by the music industry. And he passed away way too early when he was 46 years old, Hmm. um, in a just tragic accident out on a lake, um, east of east of here. But We, um, the people in that office who, um, loved him so dearly, uh, and had worked for him and were hired by him and clearly missed him dearly. They, uh, instead of saying, you know, who's this new guy from Atlanta, you know, they were so helpful to me. So it started, it started with them, um, and their names are Penelope and Lori and Diane and, and we had these just wonderful people um, that helped me so much because I did not understand music industry banking um, and I was coming in as the manager of that office not knowing not really understanding it you know mm. and so that was really magnanimous of, of them and then beyond that there were there was a group of people that you know were almost like the they, they might have been clients, but of um, that group, but it was more that they were just advisors who cared. And these were people that were that loved that music industry group also loved Brian Williams, mm. um, and missed him dearly. But they taught me um, the music industry business uh, from their standpoints. And this was I mean, they I'll just say their first names, this was Tim, and Gary, uh, and Terry and Mary Ann, and Clay, and Mike, and I, I just think of all these people mm. that in really in that first year, the, the welcome and the willingness to, to answer my not so smart questions. Um, yeah, so, so th- that was a group of people, their, their willingness to spend time with me and teach me the ins and outs of the music industry from their perspective. So these would be the people running Ascap, running BMI, running the publishing firm, running the business management firm, running the artist management firm, running the agency. These are people that were high-level executives that were willing to sit down to this very with this very new person in town. I mean, there's another one named Dwight who I remember just answering question after question I had because he basically told me there was no dumb question, and so I asked him a lot of questions, and I I've just always been really grateful um to the way the community responded not only the team that i um got to work with um but also the the just the people who loved and cared for that that music industry division of SunTrust bank and they they were they were just so kind so um they that was that it, i was moved by that and it basically made it so i never wanted to return to my hometown of atlanta i wanted to stay in nashville for good, um, yeah. after that kind of reception.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so great that everybody took you under their wing to kind of show you the ropes and, and to, they did. And to answer the, those, those questions too. I, I would be curious to see if you would have the same experience in a New York, let's say, or, or a larger city. Like I, one thing that I found moving to Nashville, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Canadians tend to be pretty nice. Uh, I hope, <laughs> but, but moving to Nashville, I mean, the Southern hospitality and the, and the friendliness of folks, you know, I don't think there is anybody that turned me down, uh, from a coffee invite just to kind of get the lay of the land. Do you think that might've played a part in that? Or, or do you think just
2: people? It did. Were, yeah, it did. Yeah. The, the accessibility of, uh, executives, is incredible. And I don't think it's unique to the music industry. I do think it's unique to Nashville. And it it is not that that is you can't, you know, get a meeting with an executive in New York or LA or Atlanta or Miami or these other um, great cities Mm. there. But there is a piece of it where it is, it is almost like people are just paying it forward a lot here. Mm. Um, In essence, you know, now now I'm a, you know, I'm 46 years old. And I will You know, I absolutely will meet with anybody that has a hunger to learn about the industry or maybe wants to get into one part of the music industry or maybe wants to be a music banker. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would, I'm going to meet with anyone just because they, everybody would, was willing to meet with me. And so there, that is in our culture here. And um, I love it. I really appreciate that about this city.
0: Yeah. And I think it gets back to like, you know, Gandhi's whole thing about like being the change you want to see, you know, like, but mm-hmm. by, by treating people the way you want to be treated, which is also something that I've kind of instilled in my kids, um, obviously, you know, treating yourself well first, but treating others well, <laughs> treating them the way you want to be treated, um, yeah. is so important. And I think, uh, you know, to your point just then that, that you have sort of paying it forward that way because people, uh, were, were that great to you at at the beginning of your kind of tenure here, um, in the role. So that's pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty cool, pretty impactful Mm -hmm. and a good reminder Mm -hmm. for listeners, no matter where you are, uh, you know, the, the cooler you are with the people, uh, that you work with and in your life, the, the better it is all around. So
2: well said, Yeah. yeah, that is exactly right. Yeah, so, so true.
0: So, I, I and, and I do want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, your work in the private client services side. My other job. Your <laughs> other job. Yeah. What is this? Is this like a 50 50 split or? or- how does this break so down? Funny, yeah.
2: I, I really do. Uh, I really do change clothes in the middle of the workday. No lie, I really do. <laughs> depending on what meetings I, I go to, most people in the music industry do not want to see you know the sport coat and the slacks and the and the right. dress shoes. But most people in private client either you know, the, the they, there's almost an expectation that you're going to dress like a financial professional in, in private clients. So there is a uh, so I do I change clothes sometimes, but the, I love that business too. And you know, that that is that the reason I love that business has a lot to do with the people um, that are on that team. Uh, so again, I did not start that business, I inherited it. Mm-hmm. And I inherited uh, that business of just wonderful, wonderful people who are so committed to client service. Mm. It's kind of that same feeling that you would have, you know, when you enter picture, you know, one of the upper echelon hotels, or if you ever went to Blackberry Farm or something, you would, you would experience this level of service that is just above and beyond and is remarkable. It is something you would write home about it is something that you notice. And so this, this team of people, they are just so committed to that for their clients, families, And so they're really they're They're essentially working with with client families that are generally um, wealthy and high net worth families. And the the reason why we know that distinction is made is not, hey, you know, they only want to help wealthy people. It's actually has more to do with the issues that come up related to folks who have accumulated a lot and people that have a significant net worth. They're just more there's there's more to juggle. And they actually need more advice, I find, um, at at that level, that just gets a little complex, I'm talking about setting up trusts. I'm talking about, you know, deferred compensation and insurance, I'm talking about, you know, setting up financial plans for multiple members of the family, I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm gonna call it human capital management, you know, you've got a family run business, a lot of wealth tied up in that business, how do you think about generation two, and maybe generation three, and you need to talk to somebody who understands these things uh, and has a lot of experience with it, working with other folks who have also, you know, basically come come across the same challenges really because of their wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do find that, you know, it's not mo money, mo problems, but wealth does create um, some complexity where you need a very good advisor slash banker slash financial professional. You know, you need to be able to, um, you need to be able to have someone who's got a deep understanding of what the needs are of wealthy families, wealthy individuals, to be able to provide them great advice. And people that have a lot of experience doing that, who have seen, you know, have seen this play out over uh, decades. And so we've got a lot of long term veterans um, that have worked in that uh, private client business who really Um, you know, who just are just beloved by their clients. It's it's amazing.
0: So with the private client services section and the music industry group section, what are some of the biggest challenges you're facing as it pertains to communications?
2: That's a good question. I think that the challenges have actually lessened because of COVID. Mm. Uh, It was one of the silver linings that came where we can gather everyone whenever we need to gather them. And in 2019 and before, there was this cadence around, you know, you would have your monthly, you know, sales and strategy gathering where everybody would meet. And then you wouldn't have that entire group until a month later. And then in between, you would have some one-on-one meetings and maybe a smaller group. But it was there was almost this cadence, which now has all been thrown out. And the communication has increased so much more um, from being able to gather and on relatively short notice Hmm. to be able to talk through um, maybe a new strategy that um, we've decided to implement with our clients. Um, You know, it's and it's also been a place where I don't know, there's a that might have also come with just a comfortability. Hmm. Um, So you know, I mean, I I stepped into that leadership role in 2018. And so now I'm approaching my fifth year, uh, this spring. Um, with this team, and so you know, it takes a little time to gel and form and norm and really gain a high level of trust and affinity for one another. And so you know, we're there, and it actually going through the pandemic together helped helped us because we we kind of had to get into the trenches. I don't know how many how many bankers you've talked to about PPP loans, but mm. we were we were we were doing all kinds of work to help especially small businesses which most most of our private client clients um they owned small businesses and they had some very significant needs um in the in the first year of the pandemic and we all you know it was, it was some of the hardest work i've ever seen um in my banking career from a group of people i'd never seen anything like it as far as i mean it was it was nose to the grindstone but it was for such a noble cause basically to keep employees at these clients, firms employed. I mean, yeah. that's what it was about. And so it didn't matter if it was midnight or one in the morning. It didn't matter if it was Saturday or Sunday. Um, it, it didn't matter. I mean, it was almost like we needed to fill, to stand in the gap and do the work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I, uh, I am a recipient of said loan and, and very, ha- very happy. I, I did You uh, had a
2: good experience with whatever bank you used.
0: I did. Yes. Yes. Um, I wish the other one, Would be forgiven, but that's a different story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the lightning round now. Uh, Complete this sentence. Nice guys and gals finish. Last. Ah, what is a nice book that you recommend folks listening check out? Could be nonfiction, fiction, doesn't matter.
2: Mm, And there was light. It's, a, it's the biography of Abraham Lincoln by John Meachin.
0: Oh, nice. Cool. And uh, how is Andrew nice to himself?
2: Walking in Edwin Warner Park as a, an act of self-care.
0: That's a great place to, uh, to do that, too. Um, and then if you had a billboard, what would it say?
2: Thank God for my wife.
0: that's a good uh in the comedy world that's called a callback well played (laughs) now
2: normally that's
0: that's where i wrap things up but i have a couple other uh follow-up questions so uh favorite concert
2: i might have named it that neil young concert but i went to see pearl jam in fenway park for my 40th birthday in 2016 oh that's that was that was legendary I i love pearl jam i really love them
0: yeah, I had a run-in with them where I uh, uh, I th- I went to go see the the Red Hot Chili Peppers play a small club in Toronto in like ninety huh. one, and the two opening wow. bands were bands I'd never heard of, and these two, and it was a small club, and the two opening bands were uh, one Pearl Jam, and the other was the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, so no, that way. was
2: it's uh, like the Seattle train coming out <laughs> <in> Toronto, chew <laughs> chewing awesome. through
0: uh, Toronto, yeah, yeah, it was an that's incredible, awesome. incredible. That was like Eddie Vedder. Was that full-
2: your, would that be yours? Was that yours? I mean, what was your favorite?
0: That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I think Neil Young solo at the Ryman was my favorite, although mm. I, I also took my kids and my wife, or my, you know, the Ryman was with my wife, but my we took the kids to go see Neil Young play with Steve Rural opening at the Ascend uh, outside here in That's Nashville. Cool. And that was a great show mainly because to me as a diehard Neil Young fan, I just concluded that like, We could walk out and I could be hit by a bus and killed. And I it's okay. I did my job. My kids (laughs) my kids have seen Neil Young. So that's all that matters. Uh, That's hilarious. And I keep by I keep getting closer and closer to meeting him. I I'm I'm not like a nerd this way with people, but I Neil Young's the only artist I want to meet in person to shake his hand and just to say thank you in a totally non evasive kind of friendly way. Because as a Canadian too, like he's, he's been the soundtrack of my life, uh, from all his different albums and, and, uh, and I, and I respect him a lot. And, and I, I was into like, you know, grunge music as we were talking about growing up and, and Neil Young really is a uh, Sonic youth called Neil Young, the godfather of grunge, that's which, so uh, cool. which, that's thought, so cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, Neil Young, certainly both of those shows. I saw him play in Toronto with Crazy Horse and Booker T and the MGs in the eighties. And that was uh, also a pretty cool show. So. Well, he's a, uh,
2: he, he, he is literally beloved by like probably three generations, three generations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's the longevity of the music's amazing. amazing.
0: It really is. Yeah. I, I'm, as I, I was starting to say, I've gotten, cl- I've gotten close to meeting him. Like, two or three times and for whatever reason it doesn't happen but uh, I, I swear in a totally non-stalkerish uh, way by the way <laughs>
2: right that's cool that's cool i've never met him i've never met him i have just seen him, seen him play
0: yeah yeah um all right my friend well this has been an absolute pleasure and uh where can folks where I mean- can folks get a hold of you and learn more
2: Oh my gosh. You can easily find me on the first horizon website. Um, that's a great way, but if you want to reach out to me, if anyone wants to connect with me, do it via LinkedIn. I still love LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: All right, my friend. Well, we will, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show today. Would you do me a favor? Leave a review. The reviews help others discover the show and they mean a lot to me. So I would appreciate that. Did you know I am often hired as a keynote speaker for company retreats or for conferences? To find out more about that, you can visit Delaneyspeaks.com. Music by Alistair Crystal at alistaircrystal.ca. We'll see you next time and be nice.